Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. We're going to do a roundtable with, with fathers, and we've been talking about stages, and I think it's important to look at our lives in seasons and not just in days. And Ecclesiastes talks about that. Pastor Joe, you can be on this side. Pastor Rick here, a rose in the middle. And um, not just days, but, but, but seasons. And one of the things with, with parenting is the days are long, but the years go quickly. And so you think about, that's a subtle hint, isn't it? Uh, you think about seasons of life, and, and we're calling it stages for today. So each of us represent a different stage of, of life and parenting. Pastor Joe still has children in the home. Uh, Dora and I are somewhat empty nesters. I saw a meme that said, you're never completely an empty nester until your children get all their stuff out from your basement. And uh, so Pastor Rick said, uh, that hasn't even happened in his life yet. So, And Pastor Rick representing grandparents, which is... Uh, one of Pastor Rick's favorite things in the, in the whole world, which we'll talk about. I want to thank Kelly uh, for moderating uh, here today and kind of hopefully keeping things going. Good luck with three preachers with microphones. Uh, good luck with that. Uh, but she's going to help us with that. We didn't take questions and answers uh, on, online. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys we were going to have pictures of you guys and your families. Look at that. I forgot. That's my family. That's my family. That's your family. Okay. Wait, wait, stop at this. Stop at this. Tell us about it, Pastor Rick. Oh, can we stop or does it loop? Just hit pause. What would you like me to say? I mean, that well, would take 40 minutes. Well, it's a great picture. Awesome pictures. You get it? Uh, great pictures. All right, there you go. It's going to move again. Well, anyway, talk about your family. I am the proud father, a proud husband of Ginny. We have two wonderful children, a son named John, a daughter named Jerry, and we have seven phenomenal grandchildren. They are our treasure. And uh, the older I get, the more I seem to enjoy, the more I seem to relax and enjoy the spontaneity and everything about them. It's, it, it, it is a wonderful thing. And as they say, if I had known when I was younger and having children, if we could have had grandchildren first, I would have been a much easier dad because I absolutely love being a grandfather. My word has become yes. As a father, I said no. There were some reasons, but I love saying yes. You get more smiles with a yes than you do with a no. <laughs> Pastor Joe, a little bit about your family. So I am a father of a 15-year-old who's getting ready to turn 16. He's going to start getting his permit yes. next month. We're looking forward to that. One month from today. From today. Exciting. Uh, Exciting he, times. He is able to uh, start getting that stuff going. And... Um, and an 11-year-old as well. And so I have two kids in the home, both boys, and uh, just a tremendous blessing to uh, me and my wife. Joe is going to go into his junior year? Junior, yeah. Junior year? Junior year. And Joshua into what year? 
He'll be in seventh grade. Seventh grade. Coming up into seventh grade. Well, you know about my children. Uh, Lindsay is 25. Joe is 28. And uh, we're just, just excited about, about their lives. Well, I'm going to try to turn this over to Kelly. I'm so used to being uh, in charge that I, f- I forget what it's like. But uh, well, I'll turn it over to Kelly until I want to take back over again. But go ahead. Do your best. It's OK. John and I already have a signal worked out where he's just going to cut mics when I That's tell fine. him to. That's so it's fine. totally Thanks. fine. Thanks. So the fir- we're going to ask you guys similar questions to what the women answered when we did Mother's Day. But the first one was, what stage are you in, which you guys already went ahead and answered those questions already. But the next question that we had is, what did you, or how did you learn to bring joy in each stage that you're in? Um, Because some of you are in like further stages, obviously Pastor Rick has has multiple stages, but even Pastor Joe, even though his kids are still at home, he still has gone through multiple stages. She did multiple personalities, so that's good. That's next week. Next week, okay. So uh, for me, the answer is I, It's something that anybody who's heard me uh, in any kind of ministry setting uh, talk about, I'll I'll repeat it myself very often with this, is I try and find joy in each stage. Uh, And so um, all the the different areas and stuff like that, there's there's things that you're always going to look at and you're always going to be saying, hey, I can't wait till they get out of diapers. My life will be so much easier once they could just go to the bathroom on their own. Oh, I can't wait till they could start talking because, you know, uh, then they could just tell me what's wrong. And they could tell me what they need, and I don't have to try and figure it out. Uh, But if we do that, we just keep looking on and on, and and we tend to focus on the negative stuff. Uh, And I, I used to do that. And I tried to catch myself at some point and say, you know what, there's as much as there's difficulty in each stage, there's great things about each stage as well. And I've tried to enjoy those great things about each stage all along the way. And so I try and find joy in each of the stages. Um, and then I try and bring joy uh, into each one as well by being silly and ridiculous and, and fun. So I think um, we'll all be in agreement in a lot, of, a lot of what we're saying looking back in the stages. And... We tried to do the same, and I think we, we have. We've, we enjoyed each and every stage of our, our children's lives. Probably my least favorite was the baby stage, uh, but we, it, it goes so fast. And looking back, probably a negative for me is that I, I wish that at the time I took more time at each stage and it's, it's tricky for, for, I'll just talk about men. I, I'm not saying it's not for women, but we're just men here today. You know, at that early stage, you're trying to establish yourself in life. And in, for us, it was ministry, but it's career. It's all of those other things and the time and, and all of that. I look back, we were planting a church. We, we left the church that we were in uh, when Dora was eight months pregnant with Joe. And we went to start a new church uh, with no one we knew uh, or if anyone would come. Uh, it was a difficult and a tricky time. And, um, and, you know, my life really became so focused on the, the church and the ministry. And it wasn't just because of the church and that it was ministry, but it was... This is just the reality of it. You, you only get paid... 
in ministry based on what people give. So if you've got three people in your church, you're working an outside full-time job. I don't care how you're going to slice it. You know, and so when you're establishing yourself, now when I came here, there was already an existing congregation and I was relatively confident in a weekly paycheck. Uh, but when you're not confident in a weekly paycheck based on volunteers and people coming to church or not, or liking the church and not, feeling welcomed or not, willing to give or not, there's a whole nother level of, of things here. But, but that's just a little part of it, but I did enjoy every stage. And I'll say this uh, sincerely, the, all of the blessings from our family were more because of Dory than because of me. And probably if I were to look back, I would have listened to her more. And I mean that sincerely. She just is more intuitive and, and more understanding of parenting and relationships and, and things, things like that. And so I'm thankful uh, for my wife, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. I'm thankful for Ginny's patience in, in the fact that Amen. I ran through life. I, I felt such pressure to raise perfect children. I'm German. And that pressure is unreal. Here's what I've learned as a grandparent. And that is enjoy the moment that you're in. Enjoy that moment. Your grandkids, hear me now, do nothing wrong. <laughs> okay, because they are your grandkids. Learn to laugh with them, learn to smile, and learn to cry. If you cannot cry with your grandkids, then you will never enjoy their smiles. Because the smiles tell you the story that they're happy to be in your presence as much as you are happy to be in your presence. Make a lifetime of memory. There's a, a word that I could give to parents would be this word, relax. Hmm. Be happy. Enjoy each stage. I never enjoy traveling because it's eight hours before I get to where I want to go. So I never, I rush through it. When a car can go 120, thank Jesus because I could get there that much sooner. 55 is nonsense. 65 is better. That's true. And that's how I handle life. But see, that's the problem. There are so many beautiful scenes outside your car window that I have not seen. And that's a regret. Moments lost. Yeah. So take a lesson. Just relax. It's okay. It's good. It's okay. And he's serious about that 120 miles an hour. I am. He, he hits that on the way to the Wawa. <laughs> Coffee's good. There's a, re there's a reason the Autobahn's in Germany. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. I am, man. This is the foot, right? No, I'm sorry. Wrong one. This year, the right yeah, foot. That it's, it's a good foot. What stage did you like best? Well, sticking with my theme of enjoying every stage, uh, I'll say that I'm enjoying this one uh, a lot right now. There's things I miss about the other ones. I loved holding, uh, we were talking about this on the way down, my wife, I loved sitting on the couch and holding my, my kids right here when they could fit right here. And, uh, and uh, I loved uh, wrestling with my, my boys. It was one of my favorite things in the world to do. Um, now it hurts. 
yeah. if I try to <laughs> wrestle with that uh, pretty badly. And I can't play cornhole afterward. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, but, uh, you know, I love this stage that we're in right now because I get to see, um, I get to see some of the groundwork that we've laid starting to take, um, to take shape. I get to see my young boys turning into young men. And uh, it's, it's a cool thing to see them starting to make their own decisions on some things and um, um, seeing that they're making good choices. Uh, that's, that's a real blessing to me. And so uh, I'm enjoying this one that they're in right now. I liked when they were, I don't know what the ages were, you know, seven, eight, nine, when we're sitting on the floor playing games and stuff like that. And Joe and I would, would wrestle, and I would let him win at that stage. And so he would pin me three. And then Lindsay, who's three years younger, would get a blanket and put it up over me like I was dead. <laughs> and so we, we just laughed and laughed at that. And then at that stage, Joe and I would be playing the b ball or whatever we were doing, Lindsay would be on the swing. She has like some t type of gravitational pull around her head that no matter what we were doing, the ball would hit her in the head. We could be in a whole separate part of the, of the backyard and somehow that soccer ball would bounce off the building, bounce off of a tree and hit her right in the head. And she'd go crying into her mom, Joseph, Joseph hit me in the head. <laughs> but those were... Those were fun. Uh, those were, were, were definitely fun times. Again, with this underpinning of we did really enjoy <laughs> each stage. Now she's married. That's how it happens, Pastor Rick. It it's does. like this. Seasons, right? Yeah, that's right. I waited a lifetime for this stage. It's well worth the wait. Well worth the wait. So if you ask if that's the question, I like this. Not that I didn't enjoy the others, I did. But this, this is the moment. This is the season. Because yeah. I get to pray for them. I get to love them. Love the grandchildren's grandmother in front of them. Love the grandchildren's grandma in front of them. So yeah, grandma and I have a lot of fun being grandma and grandpa, Amma and Appa, that's our name. Jeannie never likes Oma, Opa. She said, I'm not German, you're German. So somehow when uh, Pookie, that's, that's little Hector, and he's now gonna be 20, 22 years old. He's the oldest, the youngest is six. She's my doll baby, little Ava, Ava Grace. What a name. So yeah. The fact that you can make memories and at my age now, I remember most of them, so some is guesswork, <laughs> but it's awesome. Yep, this is the stage. That's all I say. This is the stage. I love it it's the good. most. Good. How many grandparents we have? A lot. You agree? Awesome, right? How many great-grandparents? Few. Oh, few. Nice. nice. Let me see. I didn't see over here great-grandparents. Okay. Nice, nice. None of you look old enough to be great-grandparents. That's true. Congratulations on that. I, I just don't I, believe Nick could be a great-grandparent. Oh, he's a great, know, yeah. No, he's... <laughs> imagine poor Stella when she has three kids at the house. 
Poor Nick, you have feelings. <laughs> he has feelings. He has fun. He has fun. Uh, Pastor Rick touched on something so very important is love your spouse. Don't focus your whole life around your children because those rotten kids grow up and move. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that if you don't have a relationship with your spouse and your whole life revolves around your children, you're going to be in trouble later in life. Uh, children are great gifts, but they're terrible gods. And if you make your children into gods and worship them, you're, you're going to be in trouble later in life. That's how it works. Because at some point, we had this, we have a bigger round table, but the kids were both gone. And Dora used to sit here, and Lindsay here, and Joe here, and me here. Door moved over, and she said, well, it's just the two of us now. And she didn't mean that in a bad way. I, I, I don't think so. I don't know. I took it. But, but it was just, just the reality. They, they grow up so quickly. Make sure you maintain your relationship with your spouse. It's so hugely important for the rest of your life. I say it jokingly, but I'm telling you, Pastor Rick will say, oh, and your kids are old enough now. It goes so fast. You have to have a relationship with your spouse. More important than money Money comes and goes. Pastor Rick and his family, I didn't share this. Can I share this? Story? Oh, sure, sure. He, they don't get together often because part of his family lives in South Carolina and is very active in ministry. It's difficult to, to do that. Uh, and, but they were all together, and he wanted to do something special for his family to enjoy that moment. And they all went to the Franklinville Inn together. And Pastor Rick and Ginny picked up the tab for all of that with joy in their hearts and an offering coming I left later. A, left my wallet there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you did. And I write on. But you know what? The, the, the point of it is, and he would say the same thing. I'm kind of speaking for him. It's, it's only money. It's not life. That's right. And, you know, sometimes we, we just hold on so tightly to the things that don't matter that we miss the joy of the things that do truly matter. And again, it's not about, and I know they're not, you know, taking out a loan, going into debt for whatever, for a, a fleeting moment. It's not that. It's not that. But it is okay once in a while, once in a while, to enjoy that moment and to do it fully. And that'll be a moment they, they, they won't forget. Thanks, Pastor Rick. We're not done yet, but I'm t sorry, Cal. You knew this was going to happen. But Pastor Rick, you're... Because of your public ministry and, and our relationship and everything, you're just a great example of a grandfather. Mm. And I'm learning. Thank you. Learning a lot in preparation. Uh, and I quote you often. Uh, I tease you, too. You do. But I quote you often because I've learned a lot from you about this stage of your life. And this is kind of when we got to know each other and, mm -hmm. uh, at this stage. So thank you. Thank you for that. I don't know where we're at. You oh, figure. Are it you out. ready for me now? Uh, uh, it's all right. <laughs> turn her mic off, John. If you. What advice would you give to parents who are in your stage? Oh, I should have saved my thought, but go ahead. <laughs> so uh, my stage is technically a, a wide-ranging stage, all the way from you know, it's kids in the home, essentially, is what I'm representing today. Uh, my kids are more teenagers, and they're, and they're getting into that stage. But just to cover kind of the, the, the wide range of kids inside the home, uh, two things really I'd touch on. One, uh, the first one is for younger, when they're younger. Um, it's never too early to start disciplining your children. It's never too early to start disciplining your children. 
Um, one of the, the biggest things that I see right now and, and the struggles that, that people have is when they haven't laid that foundation of teaching their children uh, right from wrong, teaching their kids, um, you know, how they're supposed to do things, the way they're supposed to do things. And as the kids get older, it just leads to more and more issues. Uh, when you can lay that groundwork of, of correct biblical discipline, because everybody can do, you know, you could take it too far and you can do too much and nobody's saying that anybody should do that. But um, when you discipline appropriately, it really helps you in all the other stages. Uh, my boys are teenagers now. If I hadn't laid that groundwork with them when they were younger, um, by the time they get to teenagers, it's, it's too late, you know, or, or it's not to say that you can't uh, get them disciplined at that, that age, but it's going to be a lot more difficult and there's going to be a lot more heartache involved and there's going to be a lot more trouble involved in it. Um, but when you lay that groundwork when they're younger, you, you'll see that bear out uh, as they get older. Um, so that's the, the first thing. And then for the teenage years, um, one of the biggest things I'd recommend now is something that I've learned and am, uh, have been implementing over the past couple years is um, allowing the, the kids to make more of their decisions um, for themselves. There's, there's different things that come up that I will say, all right, well, this one's up to you. But you're going to have to, I'll let you make this decision, but you're going to live with the consequences of it too. So if you make a good decision, hey, that's good on you. If you don't, well, you're going to have to deal with the repercussions of that also. And the reason I'm doing that is because these young men in, inside the home are eventually going to be men outside of the home. And they're going to have to know how to make those decisions right from wrong. I'd rather have them make a mistake when they're younger and I can handle and, and work on that mistake more with them um, than when they're out of the home and I have no ability to help them once they've made that mistake. Uh, and so trying to, to have that opportunity now where uh, I allow them to, to choose their path a little bit. And the good thing is is that because of some of that earlier stuff and the, and the groundwork that we laid when they were younger, we're seeing that they're making a lot of the right decisions. Uh, and we're very thankful for that. We're very thankful for that. I've watched uh, Joe and Val parent, and they do an exceptional job. They were at our house, and we were probably having pizza or something like that, whatever. And I just watched just naturally a couple important things that they didn't even realize they were doing. Uh, it's time to sit down. They sat down. Uh, wait till we pray to eat. What do you say, please? What do you say, thank you? Can I be excused? Yes, take your plate. This is all discipline. That's a disciplined life. Punishment comes when we have to get them, get them back in order again. That's like when you take their cell phones and run it over with your car. No. Sorry, Joe, I'm just, I didn't mean to throw that idea out there. But, but seriously, that's the day-to-day -day discipline of life. And it's hard as a parent to do that because you have to be consistent in it. The other part of it is it's not that hard. Teach your kids to be obedient and respectful and respect authority. And they'll, they'll learn because obedience is a choice and respect is a choice. Your kid might never grow up to be a super athlete. That's genetics, a lot of it. Uh, but they can grow up to be respectful 
and obedient. And you do that through day-to-day. It's time to get up. It's time to go to bed. It's time to go to school. It's time to do your homework. This day-to-day discipline. Then when you have to punish. But what I've seen is some parents go straight to punishment because they have no discipline. So the kid doesn't know how to act or what's required of them. And the next thing they know, the parents are screaming at them and grounding them for a month. That's out of balance. Because if you are disciplining along the way, you won't have to punish as often. Um, as they as they get get older, I don't know what the question is, but um, what advice would you give? Yeah, the discipline part of it is is so huge. The 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 last thing I'll say is Andy Stanley said you always parent towards relationship, and rules. Uh, this is Josh McDowell said this part of it. Rules without a relationship causes rebellion. If you just have rules, but you don't have any relationship with your children, they'll eventually rebel against you as soon as they have the opportunity. But when you lead towards relationship, and meaning that when they grow up, they still want to come home or they still want to interact with you, they still enjoy that, you parent toward relationship because that relationship is more important than whatever that immediate thing is. And sometimes because we have power over them, literal, physical power over them when they're small, we think that power will work when they get bigger, and it doesn't. What you want to gain as they get older is authority and respect so that they make the choice to respect you as a parent um, because you didn't use power to overwhelm them so that you could get your own way to make yourself look better. Okay, There's a lot of thoughts in there. You'll have to chew on that. A little bit later, but discipline is day to day. Punishment is um, when they, you know, step out of line. You can't just punish the kid all the time, all the time. Rules without relationship causes rebellion. So and that's true because one of the biggest things that we focus on is we want to make sure that our kids never go a day without realizing that we love them. That's right. And and not just through us saying it or whatever, but showing them that love. And so that way, when we come alongside them and we have to show them, uh, we have to discipline them That's in right. some way or we have to step in and say, hey, I think you're making a bad choice here or, or something like that. Because they are still in the house, even though they're young men and we allow them to make certain decisions. There are still times where if it's something that we feel like, hey, we, you, you know, we are still responsible for you right now. You're not out of the house yet. So there are some that we might step in and say, hey, we're going to make this one for you. Uh, but we try to allow them to make as many as they can at this stage. Um, but when we do that, they know that we're doing it in love because we make sure that we tell them that all, hey, everything that mommy and daddy do, we do for a reason. And then we try to explain that as often as possible too. And they may not understand it at the time, but at least they know we're not just shooting from the hip and just making something up because, you know, uh, you know, many of us have heard and most of us have probably uttered at some point because I said so, <laughs> you know, uh, I try to not do that as much as possible. It comes out sometimes, but as much as possible, I tried to give the reason for why we're explaining or telling them to do something the way that we are. It's good. Uh, one other quick thought. I was telling Pastor Rowe one day about Lindsay when she slammed the door one time at our house. And I got up off of my chair so fast I got lightheaded because we don't, we don't do that. We don't do that. You don't, sit, you don't slam the door. You can disagree and be angry. That's fine. You get that. 
but you can't slam the door. Well, I was telling Pastor Rowe that. Can I tell this story? I didn't ask you ahead of time. Might as well. She said she did that one time. Her dad took the hinges off the door. <laughs> now, I don't know if you know this, but Pastor Rowe's sister Mel is also in church, and they, they decided they, they were going to go somewhere. I might not be telling it exactly right. And the parents said, well, just clean your room first. And they stuffed everything in the closet and under the bed. And when they got home, all their clothes were out in the front yard. <laughs> now, Pastor Rowe, let me ask you a question. Did you ever slam your door again? No. No. Did you clean your room when you were supposed to? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have the difference between the daughters. But God bless them. God bless them. Uh, sorry, Pastor Ray, you're up. We'll just do yeah. five more minutes. If there is advice that I would give, this is a word. Become a consultant. As a parent, you are right there. Or as a parent, you are Wait, right let me, there. Wait, let me go back adult, to your adult children. Adult children. To your adult, adult children. children. Be a consultant. I know your mom and dad, but they are now married. They're on their own. They have your grandchildren. Don't meddle. They do what they do because they believe that's the right thing. You may disagree. Do it quietly. Go on a donut run. That's when you and your wife get in a car and you talk about it. No one needs to hear that. Be a consultant. Be a consultant. You ask, tell. Don't ask, don't tell. A couple things I'm seeing in our day is two, two things that f married couples aren't leaving and cleaving. They don't leave geographically and they don't leave emotionally. And when you don't leave home emotionally, it's dangerous to the marriage. And God established that from Adam and Eve. Leave and cleave, number one. The second thing is um, uh, spend time together. Just spend time together. And it goes back to that thing with the children growing up. Just, just spend time together. Uh, even if it's just sitting on the couch watching TV, laughing, telling stories, or doing whatever. There's something about presence, even if we're not talking about anything major or life, there's something about presence. So to younger couples, um, you've got to make that break from your parents. I'm telling you, you're just, you're damaging your marriage and it'll come out in different ways. You have to respectfully tell your parents in a respectful way, because I think honoring your father and mother are forever, okay? It's not demanded obedience. It's giving them the proper place in your life. But their role of making all of your decisions is over. And you have to do that too, okay? That doesn't mean you don't call them, love them, all through that. But you've got to make that break from your parents. You're going to have consequences later. And if you don't spend time together, you're going to have consequences later. There's nothing on earth more important than your spouse. Throw everything else out the window. Everything else is icing on the cake. There is nothing and no one else more important in life than your spouse. Uh, so keep that in mind. Let's go to Kelly. Uh, what do you hope your children will pass on to their children? Go ahead. <laughs> no, you know, you're helpful. You're helpful. Just, just you being there. I don't know. That's I didn't what my husband any, says to me, too. I didn't have anything just else to here. say. I couldn't think of anything nice. Go ahead, read it. Go ahead. Okay. 
<laughs> it's tough you, moderating this crew, especially the one in the middle. Go ahead. What do you hope your children will pass on to their children? That's a good question. Could, could you repeat the question? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so the biggest thing is uh, I want to make sure that my children um, take my grandchildren one day to church. I want them serve. I want them not just to know the Lord, but I want them to serve the Lord. Uh, and, and I hope they pass that on. Uh, it's one of the greatest uh, prayers that I have is that, you know, generations of my family will all serve the Lord. Um, and then also that they love their wife. Um, I, I work very hard to make sure that I show my wife that I love her in front of our kids. That's right. Uh, you know, I've never agreed with the whole, uh, hey, go get, go get a room. No, no. <laughs> if appropriate, appropriate affection in public is good. Yeah, you, you two are always kissing. It's... I love my wife. I love my wife. Man. And I want my kids to see how you should treat your wife and how you should love your wife. That's exactly Because right. if, if I'm not showing them the right way to do it, then somebody will show them the wrong way to do it. And so I want to make sure that uh, my kids know that their wife is important and uh, that I love their mother. And I want them to be able to do that for their wives because I'd like to see them have strong marriages when they get older. And that's the way to do it. If they're always loving their wife and showing them affection, their marriages can stay strong. I'll be able to see my grandbabies. I don't have to worry about them being away somewhere else. That somebody else, somebody else has them this weekend or any of that other stuff. Uh, I, I want my my kids to have a good marriage when they get older. So. Amen. Good. When the Bible talks about, don't let the sun go down upon your anger. Here's what I learned from Sister Honey. That's, this is why I call her Sister Honey. That is the name of names in my book. Everybody has a pet name for their wife, but the reason I call Sister Honey is because she has made my life sweet. And I'm not just saying that because I want, I want a new wallet for Father's Day. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but I'm saying that because Ginny is the most forgiving person. And if there's anything I could pass on to that I want my children to know, my grandchildren to know, be forgiving. It isn't worth hanging on to. Nothing is. Because the longer you hang on, it, it distorts your mind, it distorts your emotions. It is very destructive. Forgiveness is the key. And sometimes it's okay. There's a, there's, there's a diet that, that all men need to learn to prepare, and that's crow. <laughs> it is good to acknowledge that you are wrong in front of your kids. Amen. It is good to acknowledge or to, or to say, honey, forgive me, I was wrong, I love you. It's okay to show the affection. Affection is good. Be a consultant, but be an affectionate consultant. That's the one thing. That, the faith is obvious. I do want my grandkids. My kids have the faith. It's now my children's job to raise the children in the faith. They're doing a great job. I've done my job. This is the stage. This is the stage. I think, um, I think, yeah, I want them to pass on their faith 
uh, to their children. And um, I, w I want them to pass on the fun aspect of life, too. Uh, I have fun. If you've been around me at all, I mean, I had fun playing cornhole. I like talking trash. I like doing all that. I like taking my chicken wings, wiping the sauce on my sleeve, and throwing the chicken wing in the fire. You know, I think Joe would tell you we've had all kind of fun. It hasn't that we haven't gone through difficult times, but if everything is drama and everything is hard and everything is difficult and everything, no, you got to have some fun in life. What, what kind of a abundant life did God offer us? If, now, again, I'm not talking about being silly in the midst of sorrow. I'm talking about just have some fun. Uh, as it relates to faith, you know, I'm obviously, I tell my kids I'm game show proud of them. And that means you don't have to go on TV and win in a competition for your parents to be proud. Have you ever seen that on Chopped, that cooking show? I just want my parents to be proud of me. I'm thinking, that's horrible. I don't know. That's tremendous pressure to have to perform in order for your parents to be proud. We're proud of our children. Game show proud. Proud of both of, both of my kids. And Joe gave me a proud moment. They're doing a, him and his friends are doing a podcast for those in med school. And we were listening there on the way to Baltimore. And uh, him and his friend, both uh, uh, believers, but talking about how to survive med school. And he said, he, he was just talking. They were just conversational like this. And he said, yeah, my pastor said on Sunday. That's good for me. I'm good. Good. Well, listen, thanks, guys. I want to close with some thoughts that I have, and we're going to have prayer. Actually, stay. Stay. Let me share some thoughts. And we have gifts for all the men. We're going to sing another song, pray for you. And uh, all of the young men, you don't have to be a dad or anything. Well, any, anyone that's old, any guy that's old enough to be in church, we want you to come forward. Let's make it like that, no matter what your age is, uh, to, to come forward and be a part of it. A couple things I want to close with. You might not have had the best situation growing up. And probably us growing up, and well, Joe didn't grow up in a Christian home, for the most part. Uh, not like I did, not like Pastor Rick did. You know, uh, you don't have to grow up in a Christian home in order to make an impact. You, through Jesus Christ, his sacrifice on the cross, the blood that he shed can break the chains of your past in the name of Jesus. I don't believe in generational curses. I believe in generational choices. And you as a new generation can make the right choices that can set your family in the right direction, no matter where you come from, no matter what you've been through. That's the power you have through the blood of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to duplicate the mistakes of your parents. You can pour into your children new a new beginning through Jesus Christ, and you can break those chains of bondages in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, I've seen it. I've watched it here in our church, knowing some backgrounds and situations, but now you are bringing your children to church, and there's changes that are taking place. They're hearing the word of God, and I'm looking forward to the next generation and the impact, and that's because of your, your choices. Forget this. I Sorry, I'm about to preach. Forget this idea of a generational curse that can't be overcome. I heard somebody say the other week, when we're born, we look like our children, 
And when we die, we look like our choices. You have choices to make. And you can make the right choices through God's strength that can impact lives, your children's lives. But look at it this way. This just hit me this morning as I was walking over to church. You know, I, I do tease and I goof around a lot, but there is a serious spiritual side to me that once in a while comes out. And this is one of those times. Listen, maybe you didn't have a good father. Then I'm going to tell you to look for a father figure. They don't have to be biological to be a spiritual father in your life. Look for a father and then be a father to someone else. You don't have to have children at home. You don't have to have biological children at all. To be a father figure. You know what a father figure is? It's a strong man of God that accepts his responsibilities as a man and that loves the Lord and is dependent on Jesus Christ for every success. You can find a father if you need that. Listen, our church is blessed with men of God. I think of my father. He had four sons biologically and hundreds of sons spiritually. When my mom, we celebrated her 90th birthday last year on this day, so many of their sons and daughters came. When, when my mom needed to travel to Baltimore, her daughter, spiritual daughter, a sister I never had, we were meeting with friends that live in Annapolis and they grew up, they're older than me, but grew up with my brothers. And my brother Mark was looking for my mom, and she was in the house of this lady. Her name's Lisa, and they were both hugging and crying. Another spiritual daughter. Find a father, be a father to someone else, and you can impact generations. What I was saying about men in this church, you have a lot of men in this church you can look up to. And I don't mean just guys on the platform. I mean guys in the pews that you can look up to because they've proven themselves over time. And they'll be there for you. I know that. And I know why. Because those same men have been there for me too. We're blessed to be a part of this church. And we want generations to be impacted for the gospel of Jesus Christ for his glory, and for our good. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.